Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, Catherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, colleague, client, and friend, most importantly, Tim Gazels, who is a founder and co-owner of Full Dot Stop, an international communication agency based in Belgium with customers such as Becton Dickinson and Atlas Copco. Throughout her 20-year career in marketing on both sides of the Atlantic, she has combined her true love for beautifully executed communication with a relentless focus on effectiveness. Her first and last question is always, does it work? So happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, let's start with that since it's your first and last question. Does it work? Yes. Well, I think it's a personality thing. And according to Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTJ and apparently INTJs ask, does it work? As you know, their first and last question. And I feel like in communication and marketing, there's, we tend to get very Gets self-involved and just enamored with creativity and the fun of creating communication. And it's easy to lose sight of effectiveness. And so that's where does it work come in handy? Because ultimately you can spend a lot of money on marketing and communication, but it's a lot of money wasted if it doesn't work. Well, you know, you've made into your designer and I've always been the person who's like functionality over form, you know, if it's not comfortable to sit in, don't buy it. You mm-hmm. know, unless it's your plan to have a chair that sits around that nobody's going to sit in and it's just a decorative chair. Okay. But to me, it's always first about the functionality and then form. And you know, that's an age old question with interior design. So clearly also with design when it pertains to marketing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because sometimes, for example, when you do video, it's you can make a person or a company or a product look so incredibly sexy with video. And then when you present it to a client, it often makes them feel so good. They're like, look at my baby, you know, or look at me, I'm looking so good. And and then you really have to ask yourself, well, should you be making a video? Are you going to be using this video? How are you going to be be using it? And that's the thing. It's like sometimes you just lose sight of that effectiveness. And that's something where we just really try to, really try to guard our customers is just that functionality. We had uh, one of my customers was a triathlon team and we had a beautifully made team video and it was definitely worth the money because you want to sort of 
have an aspirational presentation of your team and make the sponsors look at, et cetera. But one of the videos that actually was watched the most on YouTube was a video that I think was even shot with iPhone, but just very, very basic looking, not edited at all of one of the athletes packing their bike in a bike bag. For triathletes, you know, fellow amateur triathletes, that's one of the things they struggle with most is making sure that their bike is properly packed. So if you purely look at investment, that video was a much better investment and cost nothing at all to make. So in communication, that's definitely an important thing to look at. And luckily with digital communications, there are those analytics and measurement is built in. So there's the option to do that. Too many people don't, but at least the, the option is there. So I think what's interesting about this is, is if you were a small business owner and you're just stepping foot into video for the first time ever, uh, mm-hmm. to recognize that it doesn't have to be perfectly beautiful, that other things resonate just as much. I mean, I get on and do a Facebook Live and it's not some fancy edited slick thing. It's really more about communicating and, you know, no like and trust. People getting to know mm-hmm. you. Getting to know you. <laughs> she breaks into song. I'm not going to be singing with you because otherwise people will be turning off this video in a hurry. <laughs> I don't usually sing either. Um, and, I, and you can hear the allergies. So it's a very funny anyway, but it just sort of popped into my head. And that's, you know, how I think it's always little things popping up and, you know, the making those connections. So one of the things I love is your story of how you came up with your company brand full dot stop. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that? Well, how we came up with how we came up with it? Well, a lot of brainstorming. I will tell you one of the things we don't specialize in is naming stuff, companies or products or whatever. It's like, you know, specialty in its own and it's not our thing. So full stop was was I guess kind of a compromise we settled on after thinking a lot. And it's not the most original name you can think of, but it works. I mean, it has worked for us since 2008 now. And our customers know us and know where to find us. But purely in terms of originality and creativity, it, it's not the best we could do. But, you know, we, we specialize in, in international communication and uh, to come up with a name that sort of transcends languages and cultures and etc. you kind of end up with, often end up with a little bit of a compromise. Oh, I can understand that. And interestingly, mm-hmm. before we got on, we were talking about how when you're doing the marketing for international, you're really starting out, interestingly enough, in English. And I'd love for you to talk about that sort of process, how that all works. Well, what we do is we, we work for a lot of multinationals and they often, they'll have like, they'll create communication tools like brochures, or videos or flyers from their headquarters. And then what we'll do is we'll create a master in English. And then from that, it gets translated. And that means that, well, basically, you're, it's something that you take into consideration. So it means that there's no jokes, because what a Belgian thinks is funny is not necessarily the same. You know, an American might not find funny or an English person might not. Any sports references, you know, Hail Mary means nothing other than the religious reference <laughs> in Dutch or UK English, maybe. So there's a lot of things like in terms of culture and language to, to think about and even technical things. For example, when we write a brochure, we know that when brochures, when they get translated, 
copy will become, in some cases, 30% longer. So we have to make sure that it still fits on the page. Wow. So there's lots of things to consider when you're writing for an international audience and writing copy or creating tools that are intended to be translated. It's fun because it's it forces you to be considerate and to sort of step out of your own, the things you take for granted. I mean, even things like sometimes you'll create icons for a brochure, you know, to emphasize benefits. For one customer, they had it created like an icon with of a piggy bank to symbolize cost savings. And then basically they got feedback from certain countries that pig is not a beneficial image to use. So we changed it to another image. But those, I mean, even those kind of things you have to take into account. And it's a good thing because it keeps you on your toes and flexible and, and open to other ways of seeing it. The downside is that it does become a little more bland. It's nice to introduce a joke or, you know, maybe a reference to what happened in, in sports and you just can't. So that's a downside. But I like the effort that is required of international communication. Where's your furthest client? Like I've had a client, well, now she's in Singapore. She wasn't when I worked with her. She was in Denmark at the time. But I was sort of, what's the furthest afield you've gone? Well, most of my, the people I work for are located either in Belgium or in Holland, but they'll have offices maybe in the U.S. or headquarters in the U.S. So usually the people that you work with to create the projects are close by, like Becca Dickinson is, has a European headquarters in Belgium. Atlas Copco has a big world headquarters here in Belgium. So, so you do in the day-to-day work that those, uh, those companies are close by, but the communication reaches far. And you're all virtual, right? Yeah. Well, especially right now. I know, and that's where I was going with that. You know, when you're in the middle of a pandemic, whether mm-hmm. you're in Europe or whether you're in the United States or wherever you're located right now, we're all kind of in this virtual video world. It, you know, I think people have adjusted to it now. I've gotten sort of in the habit of trying to make phone calls, not just Zoom calls. <laughs> Because I get tired of sitting on my bum all day. <laughs> so I know. I break and I will, you know, put a headset on and walk around and do phone calls that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends are like, let's have a Zoom cocktail hour. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. I do enough Zoom for work as it is. It's true. Exactly. It's true. It's a lot of, it there's a lot of Zoom and Teams and Skype and mm-hmm. all the, the video conferencing. There is, we, we do, but I don't mind it. I mean, I'm a huge introvert myself. So not having to go to physical meetings is I don't mind it at all. And in terms of efficiency and productivity, it's just, it's a huge time saver. And like me, right? Yeah. So you can have a lovely office space right in your home or senior. Yeah. Your view from your desk is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I know. I'm not sitting in my office right now. I'm actually sitting in my living room, but yeah. That's the beauty of it. You can kind of move around your house a bit if you want to switch up something or have a different view or whatever. Mm -hmm. I tend to stay in my office because it's got really good, huge window. So there's great natural light. So I don't need to Mm -hmm. have necessarily a ring light for for the light. As long as it's not, you know, if it's nighttime, forget about it. You know, that's not going to happen, but it does make a difference. So let's talk about some of your sort of 
favorite marketing strategies, thoughts for small business owners as they're putting their message out in the world? I think that's a big one. Feel free to take one little tiny aspect. <laughs> well, well, the first thing is, I, I think people should, because they'll, they'll say like, I want to start communicating. And I think the first thing you have to keep in mind is that you already are. Mm-hmm. It's You might not be consciously doing it or professionally doing it, but the way your business cards look, the way you present yourself in networking, the way you pick up the phone, that's all, that's all communication. So to start communicating, it's sort of like, um, I think then you kind of lose sight of the fact that you already are. But in terms of, of setting up a communication program, most of the questions we get are, you know, what do I need? Do I need a brochure? Do I need a website? Do I need, uh, do I need video? You know, what do I need? And, I think the main thing I would say is the answer to that question. It's that's not the start. It's sort of the end of a process. And what you want to do is we always say that your communication needs to be, needs to meet six criteria, which is a lot because ideally in communication, you want to do three, right? Because it's easier to remember. But in this day and age, communication has to be a lot for it to work. And so. It's basically, it needs to be effective. You know, you can spend a lot of time and energy and money in communication, but if it's not reaching its goal, then then it's wasted money. It needs to be efficient because you can spend a lot of money on, on communication, but you need to invest whatever's necessary and the rest is just, it's just wasted money. You need to be consistent in your message. That is a challenge for a lot of small companies. Like the CEO will have one message and then the salesperson might have another message. And in the end, everybody's selling a different product. And the important one is you need to be authentic. If you're trying to present yourself as something that you're not, then today's customer or audience will see right through that. Then five, the fifth one is relevance. There's so much communication out there. There's emails, there's ads, there's billboards. Everybody, every single person gets bombarded with hundreds of messages every day. And the ones you notice and the ones you click on and the ones you read are the ones that are relevant to you. So make sure that your communication is relevant. And the last one is remarkable. Again, there's millions of messages out there. How do you stand out? So know that your communication has to meet a lot of criteria. And then what we do is we have a methodology called um, the big picture. And what we do is it's a three-step program where first we help customers really look at themselves. What's your mission? What's your vision? What's your why? What's your product? Really have a consistent and strong idea of what those things are, who you are, what your product is, what you stand for. And then in step two, we do a 180. And you look at what are the stakeholders that influence your success? Is it your customers? It's maybe the government? Is it banks that need to loan you money? I don't know. There's, there's going to be quite a few. How do they feel about you? Do they know about you? Are they doing what you want them to do for you? Are they buying your product? Are they giving you the loans, etc.? And how would you reach them? And combining those two, like really knowing yourself and then knowing your stakeholders and where you need to go with them, that's going to determine your communication. And so that's what we 
go through with them. It's, it's just not starting with, oh, you need a brochure, we'll do a brochure. We'll first go through those steps, and then I'll become a parent if you need a brochure at all. Right. So that's usually what we do with with smaller businesses that say, I want to start communicating. We take them through that three-step process. Awesome. It's funny because yeah. February or so, I got very low on business cards, and I still mm-hmm. am. Because we're not out. We're not doing exactly person. So it's so rare that I ever even need a business card anymore. I've gotten out of the habit of carrying them, which is probably not a good thing. And I should just order some more. But as you know, I'm doing a bit of shift with this coaching thing. And I want to make sure that I'm saying what's accurate on my Mm -hmm. business cards. I think I'm just like kind of putting it off till January. (laughs) And I'll just I think you can. Yeah, with COVID, it's probably you probably can. I said in some social media post, I said something about, do you need help planning your 2022? <laughs> <laughs> and it dawns on me that this year has felt like more than one year. And that's because I've written 2021 and I'm like, no, 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 silly. Next year's 2022. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I do have a team and they caught it and came back and said, was that what we're trying to say? And I was like, no. <laughs> are we just hibernating all of next year possibly i don't know yes no. exactly so many great things we can be doing i mean think of all the clients you're helping with their marketing and uh, you know i'm helping people with their productivity and i, I don't know i'm working yeah. it doesn't bother me that we have to be home more right now you know we've got these tools you know imagine if we didn't have video if we didn't have zoom if we didn't have skype right And I think one of the things like it's important as an entrepreneur is that having that openness to pivot, because you know that in your career as an entrepreneur, you will have to pivot a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And COVID has created a different reality, but it also creates opportunities. And if you're open to those opportunities and don't try to hold on on what you did before because that's what you did before and you desperately want to keep doing that. There's, there's, you know, there's tons of fun and things that you could be doing and irrelevant things. So in terms of work, this year has been crazy and I'm very thankful for it. So it's definitely, there's opportunities out there that this year has created, but you do have to be open to them so you can see them and then work with them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like working from home and in your case with productivity, there's so many more people working from home and it does create, if you have, if you didn't do it before, it does create a specific set of challenges in terms of being productive and being able to focus and and setting up your physical space. So like in in your case, it, it does set up a new reality of just so many more people, I think that need the kind of advice that you're giving because it's, it's so relevant with everybody working from home. Absolutely. It really is a very different mode. You know, it's very easy Mm -hmm. when you're working from home to run downstairs and throw in a load of laundry. And next thing you know, now you're tidying the laundry room and then, you know, you're going to get a snack, et cetera. And it's, it requires a different mindset and different discipline. And then on the flip side, it can be that now that your home office is right there, you know, instead of taking time to uh, play soccer with your kids on Saturday morning, you're, uh, in your case, I should say football, um, with your kids on Saturday morning, 
you're, you're working because you can, because it's right there. So there's a whole area of sort of boundaries that small business owners or anyone who's working from home have to establish. You know, I have a closed door and it says recording. And just before we got on, I said to my daughter, I said, okay, you know, I know you're home from school today, but I need you to be quiet because I'm recording. And then I open the door and she knows she doesn't be quiet anymore. And it's very simple. She's 15. It's a lot easier. People who have very young children are really struggling with this, you know, if their kids are doing school from home. And actually, she's in school most of the time. We're just home very briefly for a couple of days here. But I know plenty of moms who are in helping their kids at school mode from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And so they're working from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then, you know, at 2 p.m. starting their day job. And it's it's yeah. not so it. It's really tough, you know, Uh, I've said to many of them, you know, make sure that Saturday morning, your husband takes the kids for a couple hours and, you know, you need to go take a bowl bath or, you know, read a book for an hour somewhere quiet because you're going to go crazy if you don't. Can't be all work all the time. I think that's one of the things that that I really remember and took to heart from the course that I did with you is... um, my big challenge in terms of working from home is focus and productivity and making sure I get stuff done. And, and I mean, you have tons of uh, great techniques and advice in terms of getting that done. But what you do, especially when you're self-employed and own your own business, you basically live by your to-do list. And then there's that idea that you have to work really hard. And, you know, and, and as a business owner, there's always something to do. And, but you do have to, and, and well, at least for me, but I think a lot of business owners, you don't think about that, that when you're prioritizing your, your to-do list, you're also prioritizing work over other things. And it's not just about the to-do list, but also about uh, space work has in your life, what your priorities are outside of it, setting boundaries and, and thinking about why you want to work, what role and the space it needs to have in your life. And that was something I really wasn't thinking about. The only thing I was thinking about was like, how do I get more done? Because I, I should be doing a lot and how do I get more done? And then I thought there's a bigger picture outside of that too. Right. And and it's really about me and the life I want to live and what role work my professional life plays in that. And that definitely, I mean, there's a realization and then switching to goals around that which I'm trying to do now so it's that's definitely been an interesting one for me because it tends to as a business owner be all about work right and I think it was kind of everybody was kind of mind blown when I said okay all of you have to have a goal that's about you that's something that you do and and you know do it Mm -hmm. with guilt you know, whatever that thing might be, obviously nothing illegal folks, but I'm just talking about, you know, if it's that you're going to go power walk in the day, then do it and enjoy it and be fully present in that power walk. Because what happens is, is if we go and we do it, we say, okay, we're going to go exercise or we're going to go read a book or whatever. And we're sitting there feeling guilty. We're not enjoying it. So it's amazing how we can take, you know, an hour, even let's say of our day, that's all about us. And if we really do make it like fully present, wholly about us, that's all you really need. I mean, even a half an hour can make a difference. You know? True. Absolutely true. Um, so so that was a big one for me. It's really thinking about the place that work should have and, and thinking about 
how do I want to organize my life and what's the role and the the real estate that work takes up in it. And that's still a lot. <laughs> it's well, of mostly course. Still a lot, Likewise. I mean, I, you know, I talk about reclaiming your weekends, but it doesn't mean that I never have a Saturday morning where I do a few hours of work. I mean, sometimes I do. I try to do them really early in the morning before the rest of the family's up. But you know, when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm playing, I'm playing. And True. I try hard. I'm not perfect at it, but I try really hard not to be getting a, you know, answering work emails while I'm watching television. It happens sometimes. But, you know, if I'm ha- watching a TV show in the happens, it's not the time to be responding to a bunch of work emails. Mm-hmm. It does happen sometimes. I mean, I was responding yeah. to a work email on a way. We were on our way to a date at a concert outdoors. And it was so fun because we hadn't been to a concert in, I don't know, pre-COVID, really, pre-March. And we'd looked into this site, which is called South Farms in Connecticut, and it's about an hour drive. And it had, um, they'd really like painted rectangles on the lawn and where you were to sit. And it was all very socially distanced. And you came in and they asked questions and they took temperatures and you had to wear masks and everything else. And I felt very safe there. And I had this wonderful evening with my husband at this concert. But it was funny because on the way up, he asked me a question, <laughs> expecting me to be kind of fully present. And there I was, work email. And I'm like, oh, hell, hold that thought for one minute. Sorry. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> and then yeah, I, had to, I, I, you know, had to shut the phone off. And uh, it's it was, a work in progress. Yeah. And it was easy to do because as we got there, it was on this beautiful farm and there were cows. And <laughs> I know it sounds kind of goofy, but I was like, Oh, these cows are gorgeous. I want to see it. So he's sitting in the car while we're waiting and I'm out of the car walking around, you know, photographing the cows and kind of just hanging out in nature and enjoying. And, you know, it's that I think it's about making a decision. We just make a decision that we're going to, you know, unplug and be present in that moment. And I think all of us having been so technology oriented are forgetting that. It's so important. True. That's very true. And as you said, it's the decision, you know, first to, to prioritize it and then to actually do it. Cause there's still my, um, <laughs> you know this, but, uh, my goal is to not work on Fridays. Right. And in my mind, I would be doing this already and it hasn't happened yet. And yet, so there is still a difference between the goal and the, <laughs> and actually doing it. But at least I have a sense of where I'm going where I didn't have that before. And it really was all work all the time. Half day Friday, you could start something small. True. But I think I still need to get in that mindset of just do it. Just not think of like, eh, it's not going to happen this week, maybe next week. And then I think I just have to force myself to just say it's done, you know? But this doesn't happen over yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I don't think I think it's one of those things where there's always gonna be things you can improve or work on or and, and that's fine. Well even in marketing, you know, my website looks a certain way and I was looking at recently and thinking, Oh, this needs some updating. It's not a static entity. And so it's Oh, join the club. I mean I do like when you do, when you're in communication and marketing, you do communication and marketing for everybody except yourself. Shoemaker. You know, so sorry. Is it the shoemaker's children? Seriously, 
So, um, know you know, there's, there's all these things I know I should be doing, like blogging and or maybe vlogging and, and, and mm-hmm. social media posts, and it's just not happening. And it's, it's terrible. But it will. And we're not going to end on a bad note. So it'll, it's, no. you'll get to it and you have a beautiful website, I think, at least. I've been using it as inspiration. So there we are. Oh, so thank you. It's all you. amazing. Lots of marketing strategy, a bit of productivity. And now I'm going to ask how people can find you, Tim, if they want to work with you. Well, I'm going to refer to, to that website that inspires you so much. <laughs> I think that's probably the easiest way and they can kind of see what we've been up to. So it's fullstopcc.com. Awesome. They can find you there. I will put that link in the show notes. And I am super excited you joined me today. You have a great day. Thank you. It was a lovely conversation. You will. Bye. Bye. Hey, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming event. Uncluttered Holidays, the workshop. This is going to be held on Tuesday, November 24th at 1 p.m., about an hour and a half long. And in it, we'll be actually working together to set up much less stressful holidays for you and your family. Again, that date is Tuesday, November 24th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Just go ahead and pop that date on your calendar so you hold it. It's a very reasonably low-priced workshop, and I'm looking forward to you seeing you there. There's information in the show notes. Just click on the link to get all the details. I hope to see you there. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.